Miriam could see Evan prison from her apartment window in Tehran. Evan is is notorious in Iran and uh, is uh, famous for arresting, torturing, raping, and executing of many innocent. And in that very apartment, she was engaging in illegal activities that could lead to her being locked up in that prison. What kind of illegal activity? She was distributing Bibles and hosting house church meetings. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Many people around the world know the names of our two guests today. They are Miriam and Marzia. They were prisoners in Evan Prison in Iran for their faith in Jesus Christ. They are authors of a book called Captive in Iran. I want to encourage you to get a copy of that book and read their story. It's incredible, their testimony of their faithfulness, but also what God did inside Iran and even inside prison. God worked miracles in their lives, and the book tells their story. If you come to VOMRadio.net and click on the store link at the top of the page, you can order a copy of the book directly from the Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Captive in Iran. I had the opportunity to speak with these two brave women at a Voice of the Martyrs chapel service, and then a second time in a makeshift studio. And you're going to hear clips from both of those recordings today on VOM Radio. You might notice that since these interviews weren't recorded in our regular studio, the sound isn't quite what you'd expect. But don't let that throw you off from hearing their powerful testimony. To begin, Marzia tells us how these ladies began their ministry inside Iran. After we met each other in Turkey and studying theology, we both decided to come back to Iran to serve our people. And God started speaking to me, and he showed me Iran is like a big land, that there is no seed in this land. And first you need to plant that seed in this land, then I will grow these seeds by Holy Spirit. And after that, uh, Mariam also had a, had a dream about this, and we became sure that it is God's plans to distributing Bibles in Iran. Uh, there is no uh, real Bible in Iran. There is just a false and distorted version of Bible. And we decided to put their right Bible in uh, people's hand. I called my pastor and asked him to send uh, 10,000 New Testaments. And uh, they had to find a way to smuggle all these New Testaments. And we uh, were praying for a few months. And after that, God protected all this process. And they sent us all these New Testaments. After that, we bought a huge uh, wall map and started from the north to south. Every night, we carried about 140 New Testaments, each in our backpack, and visited one area and put them in the mailboxes. For two years, uh, we did it, and then we started uh, to travel other cities to do this. And at that time, I remember the Iranian news, they announced in their news that there is a big Christian group that they started to uh, spreading Bibles in Tehran, but they didn't know that it was just two girls. <laughs> and every day we were going outside, eating at restaurants, doing our chores. 
uh, we were talking to people and handing them a Bible as a gift and evangelize them. After that, we started two house churches, uh, one for prostitutes and the other one was for young people in our own apartment. You knew ahead of time that, that this was dangerous work. Why did you keep doing it? I can say that the main reason is our personal relationship with Jesus. We both explain about uh, our testimonies. You know, we met with Jesus, we tasted his love, and we experienced him. At that time, we knew how much Iranians were thirsty to hear about Christianity, and we knew that they are so tired of the Islamic rules and the Islam and this government, and they are so open to hear about uh, Jesus and Christianity, and that was the reason we wanted to continue our mission in Iran. I believe that people in Iran love to have relationship with God, and they love to have this close relationship with Him, and they are tired of Islam and uh, the wrong rules that are exist in Islam, and they are tired of this government. That's why, you know, when we talk to them about Jesus and the message of Christianity, which is about grace and God's love and yeah. the salvation, they were so receptive, they were so surprised to hear in Islam, the image that they have of God is like a big king who is uh, waiting to punish them, but uh, when we were talking to them about God's love and uh, what, what, the, what Jesus did on the cross for their sins, they were so surprised and they, sometimes they couldn't believe it. Some people were telling us that, you know, we are sinners. How it is mm -hmm. possible that God can forgive us, forgive our sins? They couldn't and, believe it. Yeah, they couldn't believe it, but that's why they were so receptive. And also we have many uh, wonderful stories about how God revealed himself to people in their dreams. And uh, people were coming to us and we didn't know them. They were strangers and they were asking us, uh, you know, for Bibles because they had dreams about Jesus. One of the amazing things about your story is that from your apartment, you could actually see Evan Prison never thinking that you would get to visit the inside of the prison. Um, when the average Iranian hears of Evin prison, what do they think? You know, Evin is, is notorious in Iran and uh, is uh, famous for arresting, torturing, raping, and executing of many innocent. You knew that at some point you could be arrested. How did you prepare in your hearts and in your mind for that day to come? About four years before uh, we got arrested, I had a dream, and God talked to me in that dream that, uh, Marzia, one day you will uh, pass through a prison experience. And I was expecting for this, and when I talked to my friends, some of them, they told me, Marzia, you are crazy, maybe you are t t thinking about prison. But it wasn't me. I just told them that it's not me. I'm sure that God has a plan for me. I always pray that God uh, give me strength because I was scared because we believe that we are both human uh, beings with all our weaknesses. And uh, when I reading Peter's story that how uh, he denied Jesus, I was just praying, uh, God, uh, please, if, if it happened for me, uh, give me strength. Uh, because I don't want to deny you, because I am human being and maybe I am scared and I, I don't want to deny you. We were both uh, were praying because we could feel that uh, something is going to happen and we asked God to prepare us for this. So what happened the day that you were arrested? How, how did that kind of go and, and when did you know that, that things were going seriously wrong? 
The day uh, we got arrested, I received a call from a stranger in the morning, and he had uh, some questions about my car documents and asked me to go to the police station. When I went there, they uh, took all my documents, handcuffed me, and told me that you are under arrest of being a Christian and evangelizing. After that, they sent us uh, three guards with me to search our apartment. I remember I was home waiting for Marzia to come back from the security police, and we, we were both suspicious about the phone call that she had received in the morning. And uh, when I saw Marzia with three guards in front of the door, I, I was shocked. My mind was in shock. And I knew that I uh, needed to do something like, you know, at least I could hide our cell phones to protect our friends and their information or, you know, call someone to let them know what was happening. But I couldn't do anything because I was in shock and we were both so scared. We were pale. And when they transferred us to the security police, um, you know, their behavior was so humiliating. And they, they are still re really scary, even uh, when they don't speak, by looking at their face, you know. Yeah. Their faces are, are really scary. And we had long hours of interrogations in the first day. And uh, I remember in the first interrogation, sometimes I couldn't talk because my mouth was so dry. And that's why we always tell people that we are not, you know, too heroes, too, too courageous. And just, you know, it was just because of God's grace and God's power and strength that we could stand that difficult situation. You know, I remember the from the first day we started praying for each other. When um, they took Marzia for interrogations, I was praying for her. And when I, they took me for interrogations, Marzia did the same thing. And uh, I believe that uh, prayers and uh, singing worship songs really strengthen us. And uh, late at night, they transferred us to another detention, which called uh, uh, Vozaro. And we were in Vozaro for uh, 15 days, and after that, they sent us to Evin prison. When we talk about prison here in the U.S. or other countries, it's, it's a place for criminals. But um, prisons in Iran are completely different, like Evin prison. There are many innocent in prison. When when we went inside the prison, we were surprised. Although we knew, we, we, were, we had heard before about the people who were in prison, we understood that there are many respectful like people, genius people like religious prisoners, students, lawyers, and even doctors who, you know, just were in prison because their beliefs were against the government's rules. And even, even children, we could see children in prison. I remember the first time that we saw a three-year-old boy in, uh, in the prison, we were shocked and we asked some uh, prisoners about what was happening and they told us that there is a room just for children and their mothers and we understood there were about 15 children in prison. It was so sad and we understood that uh, prison in Iran is not just a place for criminals. Even those who, were, who committed a crime like uh, murderers, fraudulents, and um, prostitutes addicted, they also uh, were victims of the Iranian government and wrong rules of Islam. And we believe that most, most of those women were just victims of uh, Islamic rules. One of the things that amazed me about the book is how open the people in prison were with you. You didn't have to start the conversation. They came to you and asked you about Jesus and asked you to pray for them. Why do you think that is? Why were they so desperately hungry for the gospel? We mentioned before going to prison, we had a house church for prostitutes. 
in Iran, it's very difficult to find these women because it's not like other countries that there is a specific area for these people. We just started with two women, and um, those two women introduced us to uh, to their friends. And it was difficult for us. We we were praying and um, asking God, you know, to show us the people that we can share the gospel with them. But when we went to um, detention for the first 15 days in Bozara, we understood that that, that was a place for uh, prostitutes. And there were, every day we could uh, uh, talk to, I think, 10, 15 women, that they were all prostitutes and addicted. And I believe that uh, in 15 days uh, we could talk to uh, 70 prostitutes in that detention. And, you know, for the, for the first few weeks we were just praying for our release. Uh, because the condition was very difficult. But after we could see uh, God's miracle and how he was using us as a tool to give his message to prisoners and even to guards, we understood that God has a plan for us, even in, in, in that dark place. They were asking questions because most women in prison or in detention, they are c- curious. When you are a newcomer, they just um, you know come and ask about your crime and you need to explain what your crime is. And they were asking us, what is your crime? We, we told them that we are Christians. And, at, at, you know, they were surprised. They were shocked that Christianity is a crime. And they asked more questions. Uh, why is the crime? And why you converted to Christianity? We, we could explain our testimonies and why we converted to Christianity. And then they became so more curious, and they asked more questions. And we had this opportunity to share the message of Christianity with most of them. And I can say that um, I, exp- I mentioned before that most people in Iran are open and eager to hear about Christianity because they are tired of uh, the rules of Islam, and um, especially for women, because women in Islam have no rights. They don't have equal rights with men. And women in Iran are under so much pressure and stress because of this government, because of Islamic rules, and they are more open to hear about Jesus because Jesus' message is about grace and love. And that's why they, they love to hear more about it. Tell us one or two of the stories of the ladies in prison that you were able to share the gospel with and that really were received it. One uh, lady, she was a uh, 18 uh, years old girl and she was in solitary cell in 209. She was in solitary cells for eight months and she was so disappointed. And I believe that at uh, the time that I was in 209 with her, it was uh, God, God's will uh, in order to be with her, to pray with her. Sometimes she just cried and uh, I tried to uh, make a relationship with her to cheer her up. Every day she uh, practiced namaz, covered themselves and pray namaz. And I try after I built a relationship with her. I tried to challenge her by asking some questions like uh, why you speak to your God in Arabic? Does this God uh, cannot understand your language? Why you have to bending in front of him uh, just three times, four times a day? If you talk to him in other times, he cannot uh, hear you. And I ask every day, I ask you and I challenge her by these questions. 
And one day she came to me and she told me, Marzia, you are exactly right. I just doing uh, some rules and I don't have any feeling about doing uh, these rules. When I pray with you, it, uh, it makes a huge difference. It's completely different. I could feel the presence of God when you talk to God in your language. And after that, she quitted her namaz and started uh, praying with me. And she completely changed her behavior completely. This is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I'm Todd Nettleton. We're hearing portions of conversations I had with Miriam and Marzia, two young women who were imprisoned in Iran for their faith in Jesus. One of the, the things that happened in the course of your story, many times you had the opportunity to deny your faith and go home. The guards would tell you that, the judges would tell you that. People, I think, want to know how were you able to withstand that pressure and not deny your faith in Christ? One of the most important reasons that uh, we didn't deny our faith during that time, it's because of our personal relationship with Jesus. We had many experiences, uh, we had seen many miracles, we had uh, seen Jesus uh, touch him, touch his love, and that's why all these reasons make us uh, more strength to stand on our faith because we had a very close relationship with him and we believe that uh, we are not just a follower of uh, religious rules, we are in love with Jesus and these uh, personal relationship help us to uh, stand in that difficult situation and also Jesus says if you want to follow me, you must pick up your own cross and follow me. So as a follower of Jesus, it was very important for both of us to pass through uh, this test with uh, victory. And also it was an honor for us to suffer for our Christian faith. You know, we both um, had this passion uh, in Iran to serve our Lord. And also when we were in prison, we had more opportunities in prison to serve him. And there were many women, they, most of them were hopeless and they needed to hear the message of uh, Christianity and they needed to hear about God's grace and uh, salvation. And it was really an honor for both of us that uh, God gave us this opportunity to be in that place and serve our people in prison. That's hard for us as Americans to understand, that, that you would think of it as an honor to go yes. to prison. You really believe that. I mean, you really feel like the Lord blessed you when he allowed you to be in the prison. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, for the first few weeks, we were just praying for our release because uh, we are human beings with all our weaknesses and we were so scared, we were pale and sometimes we couldn't talk, we couldn't even pray for each other and you know the condition was so awful but after a few weeks when we could see God's miracles and how he was using us as a tool to give his message to our fellow prisoners and, and even to guards, we were so encouraged and we understood that God had a plan for us in prison and uh, we tried to trust him. We, we experienced in prison how we should trust God and how we should trust his plans. And it was, uh, that's why we think that, this, we believe that this, is, this was an honor for both of us to be in prison and to, to be a tool in his hands to give his message to other people. And also, you know, Bible says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not just to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. And that's why we, uh, we are both waiting for suffer and uh, we consider this as honor. 
you tell a story in the book about getting a gospel miraculously God provided the gospel can can you share that story we didn't have a gospel in prison and for a long time uh, there was some trash under the beds and the person who was in charge of the room asked me to go and clean uh, take uh, those boxes and uh, threw it away and when I took the box it was full of trash and I just curious to search if I can find something and suddenly I found the gospel it was gospel of uh, Luke and I was shocked I found the gospel here in prison it's it's impossible very fast I uh, hide it and I went to my bed and when I opened it I saw a signature uh, in that book it was uh, from uh, a bishop bishop yeah uh, it was from a bishop who was in prison years ago yeah, yeah. Ten, about I think uh, 10, years, ten ago. years ago and it was very interesting for me because he uh, he was a man and this gospel I found it in uh, women words and uh, and I was thinking how this gospel came to a women words and it was from uh, 10 years ago and after that I share this with Mariam and we both uh, we were so thirsty to read Bibles because for a few months we didn't have Bibles and we both read it then we pass it to other prisoners because we evangelize them and I remember at that time I, I talked to one uh, one of my uh, friends and she she had this passion this uh, wishes to read Bibles to see Bibles and uh, she was talking to me about this I wish I could uh, see a Bible and when I gave her to read it she was shocked too and she would just start uh, crying and uh, after that we asked them to pass uh, each other to read the, that gospel and it was really a miracle. What was the worst day? What was the lowest point as far as your own spirits and as far as discouragement? They executed some people during the time that we were in prison we were living with them and one day they took them and they executed them and after those executions you know we could see the spirit of sorrow and death which was everywhere and uh, most of prisoners uh, were under pressure we stared at each other but we had no power to speak because most of prisoners we were under much pressure and it was the worst experience that I, I had in prison. There was one day for me, we were in 209, um, which is a security building in Evin Prison, and it's famous for its mental and physical torture. We had spent uh, 38 days there, and uh, we had long, long hours of interrogations in that building. Uh, it was like a mental torture, and uh, I believe that there were many times that we were scared, we were afraid, and but God really gave us the strength and power to stand on our own faith. There was one day for me, uh, we were in 209 building uh, and we were separated at that time. I believe that it was after 15 days of interrogations. One day I just woke up and I felt that I couldn't feel the presence of God. And it was the worst experience I've ever had in my life, even worse than, you know, hearing about executions or being in prison or being, you know, scared or afraid. I couldn't feel the presence of God. I couldn't hear his voice and it was so scary. I felt so lonely. At that time I was with another woman. She was a political prisoner and we were in solitary confinement and I just lay down, lay down on the floor and started crying 
and suddenly I uh, heard a voice in my heart and I felt that I needed to start singing. And, you know, I knew many worship songs in Farsi. There was a rule in that building and no one is allowed to even speak loudly. And my cellmate was so worried and she told me, Mariam, please be quiet. The guards will come and they will punish you. But um, I just, I didn't care. I was, I just wanted to feel the presence of God. And I continued singing. I remember I uh, sang for hour, for hours and very loudly. After hours, you know, I could feel the very presence of the Holy Spirit in the cell. And even my cellmate could, could feel the presence of God. And she asked, uh, she asked me to teach her some worship song in Farsi so she could join me and sing those worship songs together. And from that day, I started uh, teaching her some uh, worship songs in Farsi. And, um, you know, I understood that, um, you know, it's not just about our feelings or our emotions. And God reminded me that I am with you every day. Even, even though you don't feel me or you, you, you feel that, uh, you know, you cannot feel my presence. And it was, it was a real strengthening experience for me. I did this in 2009. I, most of the times I was singing worship songs. And um, I, I believe that really, you know, God really gave me strength uh, through worshiping and singing those songs. And there was a scripture that I really uh, liked, you know, most of the times in prison, I, I repeated that scripture um, in Mark 13. It's about, you know, the time that you're arrested. It says, when, uh, don't be afraid when you're arrested and uh, brought up to trial. Don't worry about what you're going to say beforehand uh, because the Holy Spirit will speak mm -hmm. for you. And we experienced this many times in prison, especially during the interrogations. And we believe that Holy Spirit put the right words in our mouth. Yeah, I can uh, mention a story about this, that how Holy Spirit helped us during this time. For the first interrogation in uh, 209, we were separated, and uh, my interrogator told me he tried to convince me that uh, you make a wrong decision and you should think about it, you should change uh, your mind. And he told me that it's about five years that I am working on a Christian case. And he told me that he read uh, Bible, he knows Bible, he knows Cor Quran very well, and uh, he advised me to think about my faith, my choice, decision. my decision. And I told him, if you uh, read Bible, did you read the part about Paul, that how God uh, met him, uh, because he was uh, the person that uh, suffered Christians for their faith. And I, I believe that God had a reason to put it uh, you in uh, this case, Christian ca uh, case. Maybe he wants to talk to you. It's whether you and go and uh, t uh, think about for what you are doing. And I uh, tell him about this story, about Paul's story, how uh, Jesus met him and opened his eyes. And at that time, we were separated. And after uh, our interrogation finished, uh, we, when we talked to each other, we realized that uh, exactly the same day, uh, Mariam also, she mentioned about uh, this story. Even we didn't talk to each other. And we believe that it was Holy Spirit that uh, led us to speak in the same way. We've been hearing from Miriam and Marzia, two women who were imprisoned for sharing the gospel inside Iran. They've been telling us how God worked even inside the notorious Evan prison. Miriam and Marzia tell their story in a book called Captive in Iran, 
I hope that you'll get a copy and read their story for yourself. When you read about the boldness that these two women had in sharing the gospel in extremely dangerous situations, you're going to be inspired to tell others you know about Jesus. Come to vomradio.net and click on the store link at the top of the page and order your copy of their book, Captive in Iran. Here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, we give voice to many believers like Miriam and Marzia. And when you and your families listen to these stories, it helps you know how to pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. And it also encourages you to seek God's will and seek opportunities where you can share the gospel with the people around you. You can hear all the testimonies from past VOM Radio guests on our website. That's vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to pick back up the story of Miriam and Marzia. I hope you'll be back to join us right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.